Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screening Club podcast, where we talk all about the media that you love. Jeff Moore here, as always, with my two associates, Mike and Chris. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a big week uh, to be a Boston Celtics fan. Oh, yes. Yeah? A big old happy week of of love and <laughs> hope and looks towards the future can i just say i've i don't think ever watched a full game of basketball in my life but are you aware of uh the happy times that we're we're, we're living in the city in boston i am let me tell you just the past week of what i've experienced so i read something about isaiah thomas whose name i heard Broke his tooth and also his his sister pa- passed mm, away. Yep. So I tuned in to the end of it must have been like a big comeback game or oh no it was the game where he scored like forty points or whatever fifty points fifty okay fifty Whoa. plus um, MJ level and yes. Chris knows I mean normally you know games like this <laughs> normally basketball only has the same number of points as as like a football game. So basically, it'd be like if Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. What? I'm ki- <laughs> it'd be like if Tom Brady came out and kicked 30 field goals. You know exactly. That's basically what I Isaiah Thomas did. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I tuned <laughs> in there. I sort of got pulled in a little bit. I uh, got to then I watched some of the next game and saw them lose. Yep. Wow. So you were kind of making an effort. To keep you up. yeah. You like saw you you searched out for. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, they they took that series to seven games and won in pretty dominant fashion against the, the Wizards, who are just a bunch of punk ass bitches. Um, Whoa! And they they came out uh, on top, uh, thanks to just the, the 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 love and the spirit and the the youthfulness and the camaraderie of their of their great overperforming team and then the next day they got the first pick in the nba draft can i can i ask you a question as a basketball fan what is the theory behind the draft lottery that makes it so good to uh not reward teams for completely selling out and and tanking Ah. um, towards the end of the season um i mean it doesn't prevent it because teams because the the worse you are and the more losses you are the better chances you have of getting the number one pick but it doesn't guarantee it because it does seem really weird that the number one seed going into the playoffs also mm-hmm. gets the number one pick next year because they traded for it oh but okay they traded away paul pierce kevin garnett they, the nets, for all like those four or five years ago the nets completely sold out their entire future okay and gave the celtics four future first round picks and now they just so happen to be the worst team in the league, so the Celtics are, are reaping those rewards. I thought it was like a miracle, like, the Celtics only have like, it is, one It's one of the worst trades in, like, sports history. In the, in the lottery. Actually, from what picked. I've heard, the Celtics have never had a number one pick. Is that true? Larry Bird wasn't a number one pick? I think it is their, their first time ever having a number one pick. They always get screwed. Are you, after? are you a big Larry fan? Yeah, I like Larry. Yeah, Larry Bird. <laughs> Best basketball player ever? Not big enough to know what pick he was, I guess, but a fan, uh, 
<laughs> nonetheless, and I do, uh, I've noticed, Mike, that in your, your overview of what's been happening, you've left out what happened la- last night. <laughs> I was going to get to <laughs> They got clobbered by, by the steamroll that is the Cleveland Cavaliers at LeBron James. I get it. But, like, you know, the expectations aren't, they were never going to be that they won that, that they are going to win this series, that they were going to advance to the finals. The expectation was that they had a competitive playoff run, and they have, I would say they surpassed expectations by making it to this point. Um, just anything else beyond that is just, we'll, we'll take it. I got to say, there's just, I mean, th- this is going to sound like a person that doesn't know anything about basketball, but there is so much just, they miss so so many shots. Like, there's so many missed shots. Like, I I sort of feel like, well, I guess, you know. Well, think about how many, like, one or two yard runs. Well, they're they're, low, they're low percentage shots. I mean, to try and get a ball that size into a hole that small. It's called a rim, From Mike. a X, X amount of distance. Chris, are you a basketball expert? <laughs> yeah, I like the, basketball is fine. But you, but you don't watch it. No. But oh, then no. I do have to say, the games that I was watching, or the, I guess, maybe cumulatively one full full game uh lebron looked a lot better than anything i was seeing in in the in in those two two games like lebron just came out and looked the greatest player in the the world Um, and he's showing that in in this series he wasn't missing too too much i'm I'm rooting for him when, when they do advance past the celtics definitely rooting for the cavaliers to beat the warriors why? Because they are sellouts. They're sellouts. Yeah, they they threw everything at Kevin Durant, and he left his his team to to join forces with them because they they didn't have confidence in themselves to do it on their own. And uh. yeah, I I don't wish anything good to to happen to the Warriors. But didn't. Isn't that basically what basketball is? Like you just no, because they already had like the best team in the league, and they're like, you know what? Let's go get the second best player in the world because that because we aren't good enough as as currently constituted. We have to make ourselves this much better and fuck over the rest of the league. What would happen if LeBron went to them? That would be an enormous joke and a slap in the face to every basketball fan in the world, every Cleveland fan. Wow. So um. Well, thanks for tuning in to our sports podcast today, <laughs> everyone. But yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. What's up next? Um, table tennis talk. <laughs> what's what's your pre- prediction for? Are are the Cavaliers gonna, uh, gonna sweep them, Mike, or what? Oof. There's a decent chance. If I had to bet money, I would say a four game sweep. Wow. But there's a chance Celtics. If they do win a game, it'll probably be this next one because it'll be at home. Chris, so, prediction for highest uh, free throw per- percentage in the series. You want Chris like a, doesn't even know what a good free throw. You want like is. a percentage or a, a man that makes the best free throw percentage? Yeah, the man. Who's the man with with the highest in the series? That'll be Jay Crowder. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, let's move on. Let, let's move on. Have you guys both been watching uh, Better Call Saul? Yep. Pretty big episode. Yeah. <clears throat> let's hear it. Big for many reasons. Well, f- first, let's. I just want to touch on the episode prior to that amazing courtroom episode. 
That was. Um, I've a lot of people have said that it's the best Better Call Saul episode to date. I'd agree. I think I have to agree. It it was, it was the biggest. It was the most significant. It was really kind of what the series had been building towards, um, for three and a, two and a half seasons. Um, and it's, just to see how that whole thing unfolded was awesome. And it's arguably the episode where he becomes Saul Goodman, not by name. But what? it's the moment, like his well, brother, he, he tears off any last vestige of, of his, his family history, of his family, of his past, of his ties to to Chuck. So I, mm-hmm. I guess that in in that that in that sense, sure. But of course, in the next episode, we actually get him saying the words. He finally refers to himself as Saul Goodman. In, and it makes sense wow. that he can't he can't be a lawyer for a year. So what does he do? He does is it not ins- insignificant how they're gonna work with that? Yeah. I'm fascinated by. Well, I think a year is a long time, especially in in the timeline of this show because it's so condensed. Like how how much time has lapsed since the series began? What four or five months? Yeah, but it's a year, and he also promised to keep up his end. Of the money situation of the uh, rent, right? So we know that he's going to ma- be making money. Some have to be making money somehow, and he's not probably not going to do it making commercials. I think he's going to get in with Mike. What's he gonna do? Get in with Mike and start doing some. Ooh. What if he says, "People know me as Saul now." Saul isn't. Disbarred for maybe, twelve months. Maybe he starts building up his clientele and offering legal advice to to that underworld. Um, yeah, that way. What like? <clears throat> I guess there's no reason at all for you guys to to know this, but what is the the threshold of like if you're barred from being a lawyer? Like you can obviously still privately like help people, right? You can you can advise, but you can't can't represent you can't them. represent. But people. What, why people can represent themselves as non-lawyers in, in court? Yeah, can't can't you represent someone just as a good friend? I mean, I guess, but just not as in the court of not I as think, a not as a lawyer. I think as, I think representing of the New Mexico bar. Representing yourself is a is like a right, and that's obviously I'm speaking out of my ass here. But I think representing yourself is a right, and that's like a special out. That's like a. Not a loophole, but it's a special designation. And then if you want to represent another person. Also, we, we should wow. just say that he was suspended from practicing law and he made some sort of agreement with the Bar Association that he wouldn't touch the law. And that he, that that binding contract that he, that he made okay, with, yeah. with Chuck. Um, I forget exactly what it's called. Mm. APB? That what, Wasn't, that's already, that's all points bulletin. Whatever. Whatever they, yeah. it's called. Um, yeah, he can't do anything re- regarding the law, or he would violate the, the terms of this agreement. So, interesting. He's he's, he's hamstrung in. both ways. So, did anyone? No one though said yet. Better call Saul. He well his baby steps. His way to make money, at least in this next episode, is to shoot commercials for people, create commercials, and he doesn't and he doesn't want that to mess up his image. So he said, I'm just going to take on the persona, better call Saul, of uh, Saul Goodman. Thank Saul, God. Saul Goodman. <laughs> Saul Goodman. Which he said in the episode. Of course, they, they set that up back in season one, that he, he's gone by that 
pseudonym in the, in the past. So uh, yeah, it, it, just the way it all kind of came together, it felt so natural and organic. And don't expect anything less from from this crew. They're they're such experts at what at what they do. Yeah, and it, it was interesting because going back to the uh, the courtroom episode, we've always known that Chuck's condition was a mental condition and not actually real. Mm-hmm. And it's such good writing that it made you forget that that was the ace up Jimmy's sleeve. Right, I know. Because I remember us talking like, oh, I wonder what their plan is. But yeah, the way he, it's sort he of exposed like, Chuck, yeah. it was just so tactful. Yeah. And just well thought out. Yeah. Like just, you know, just the, the way he just chipped away at like every single ounce of, of Chuck as, as a human being <laughs> to, to expose him for what he is in, in the eyes of, of the, the judges overseeing that, that process. And really, every everyone else in the in the stands um, was wonderful. Better call us all. You two are wonderful. Let's um. Thank you. Let's think about it just for a second. What what are we looking for go- going forward here? Any thoughts? I think. I mean, there are so many balls in the air. Right? I know we haven't even talked about the whole Mike and the whole Mike side of the story. The whole Mike side of the story. The whole Saul. I mean, I'm not Saul. The Gus side of the yeah. story. We see him. Uh, eyeing out the potential location of, of the laundromat mm-hmm. from, uh, from Breaking Bad with the help of Lydia. Yeah. Who just randomly popped up to say hello. Well, I think what's going to happen is all these stories are going to start coalescing a little bit more now that Jimmy's not dealing with all this lowering business. Yeah. I mean, and just how this, how he continues to function, um, not as a lawyer, but as someone making makeshift commercials to, to, to fill his, his required ad time so he doesn't lose out on, on thousands of dollars. Yeah. And where they go with that and how that... Uh, where, whatever he, wherever he is now, I think it, it will rapidly start leading down the path to be him becoming full-time Saul Goodman. And I feel like we're going to get that by the end of this season. Yeah. So how they, how they do that is what I'm most looking forward to. Very cool. Yep. And also, I just want to say, with uh, Hector Salamanca, we got a Hector. pretty f- uh, big glimpse of, of his potential health health issues that I think are going to come into play, um, likely f- at the hands of uh, Nacho and maybe with the help of Gus. Yeah. Because he's a d- detestable man, and a lot of people hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I gotta get into. Uh, guess I should start back with uh, Breaking Bad. Yes, got a couple hours ahead of me, huh? Yeah, it's a good watch though. Only a couple hours. Yeah, got a couple hours ahead of me. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Veep. Let's do it. Veep's been an interesting. Uh, it's so interesting to see them all out of their their elements. You know, we've seen them in these uh, f- familiar places for for years now, and we're. Uh, we're out of it. So, so we dug a, a little bit deeper into uh, Selena's relationship with her father in this, in this episode. By extension, her mother, because that sort of reshaped <laughs> yeah. how she yeah. how she viewed her mother. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will lead her to reconsider like how she's mothered in, in the past. In that's a forward. good point. I doubt it, but I that's doubt a good it, yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just her uh, 
her friendship with uh, Mike that uh, d- during this episode that uh, yeah. Gary is so not not pleased with. He's <laughs> making a lot of faces. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. But that scene with, I don't know who that older actor is that played her, her, her uncle. I, I know I've seen him oh, a yeah. lot. That's Bill Murray's brother. Oh, really? I forget his first name. Is it Jeez. Bob? Fred Murray? I was just cracking up how he would just like continue. Oh, but you, you knew that. <laughs> You yeah. you do that. It's it's such like a your your little kid like loving way, like how he would absolutely talk to his his, his niece or whatever. Oh like your your entire childhood is ruined. But 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 you you knew that. Yeah. It's just what that's that's what we told you. That that scene just was cracking <laughs> me up. Oh my god. It was so uh it, it was so fun. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I liked how this episode just sort of peeled away so many of the of these layers of, of the the mythos of Selena Meyer through this this makeshift therapy with uh with Mike and how she sort of scoffed at the idea of doing therapy at the beginning of the episode but just mm-hmm. over time in her <laughs> yeah. conversations with Mike um he, he became her like de facto therapist and I think she came away with something yeah <laughs> made a breakthrough breakthroughs yeah, it was pretty all around. <laughs> just uh God, like where where are we headed? You know, mm. we don't we we aren't really moving. <laughs> we aren't really moving anywhere. I mean, I feel like it's all about that library. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's she true. wants that damn library. Oh, uh, American U- University. The ongoing joke was so funny. And again, I I had no idea that, that was a real university until after the episode. Yeah, <laughs> American Doesn't University. They're not afraid. It's not, like, not the best name. They're not afraid to rip it apart like a real u- u- university. I I can't believe like how how'd they feel. Like it makes me want to check the American u- University Twitter and see if they. they I bet I bet one of the writers or something went to American University. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Or they just are a bunch of. It's kind of how we feel when uh, when Veep takes shots at New Hampshire. Yeah, it's like a little inside joke. That, you know? That's true. Like yeah. I've I've never felt in, in, insulted. I, I feel a sense of pride. Yeah. And it's, they did a they did an episode from from UNH my 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 old school. Um, they, they held a, a debate there. Yeah. One of the I think her campaign yeah. headquarters in New Hampshire was in Nashua. Yeah. Well, Jonah's so. was. Jonah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if hers were. Guys, uh, hers no were. no mention on American University uh, social media. <laughs> About the events, so I'm guessing it was yeah. not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh man, that uh, that was pretty funny though. And th- and then I'll say, you know, there's all that stuff with Jonah and the donor and 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 all that. But I think my favorite line of the episode, Kent is presenting Jonah with like a simplified chart to to explain so- something to him, and he says something like. I've gotten very close to a woman at Kinko's who makes uh, learning materials for preschool children <laughs> because they're both making the same material. <laughs> yeah. But him for a congressman. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, just the show is just such a high level, you know, like it's just even this episode, which was real. like, was there ever a scene that, um, 
illustrated Amy coming back to work with, for her full time? That's a good question. I, I've been thinking about that. I was confused. That. She just kind of popped up. She, you know, no explanation of like she's back in the fold. Like I, I was thinking I think about. I it was that, kind yeah. of alluded to that she was jumping ship from. Um, yeah. Ex, I would assume ex fiance's yeah. campaign. Yeah, I don't remember either. It it being ex- explicit. Yeah, yeah. Neither do I. But uh, that dynamic between her and Richard. Which has always been great. They, those two <laughs> yeah. have always sort of been at odds, but uh, at least from Amy's standpoint. But now they're kind of similar to the Gary Mike um, dynamic. They're kind of uh, at odds with each other over who's running Selena's life as, yeah. as the chief, chief of staff. Oh my gosh, it's so uh, it's it's just so so funny. It's it's such a good show. Uh, I. I'm just, I'm still wondering. I, I hope we're not just leading towards the library. Like, I think the, the library is just a tool for her ongoing f- failure. <laughs> you know, like, it's all, it's all she has to. left to, to grasp. Yeah. Really. I mean, do you think uh, American American University is going to play this, this central role? <laughs> With uh, the library ending up there, or no? They 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 were very clear. It's not a, a library, right? It's like a, a collection or something. Homestead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll, uh... you know what I think would be a great um, episode would be like a reunion of all the living former presidents and even current presidents, like for a photo op. You know how we how we get those? Yeah. Like, yeah. The Bushes, Clinton, the yeah. Obama—they've all sort of posed Carter in pictures together. Yeah. It would be great to get Selena in a room with all her former living presidents who would have like <laughs> the so real much ones? more claim to, to legitimacy than her. Mm. And of course, but she she did. What? That was the, the first episode. They did like a de facto one. That was like, uh, they were there for the cute, her predecessor's opening of his library. Yeah. But it would be great to have them all together. Oh, you mean for the that opening would, of her thing? Maybe that or just, you know, for for whatever reason. That would require them to show... Her president when she was vice president, which they haven't done. I don't think we'll we'll ever see that. Yeah. What up? Yeah. If we don't get that, what I would love is a scene between her and her successor, um, Montez. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seeing them together. We've seen like nothing with with that. <laughs> I don't know. It'll I be interesting. Know. Well, let's do this. I know. Have Have you, Chris? You've been watching Master. Of none, masters, Ma- masters, masters of, of none. none. I think it's plural, masters of none. Yeah, the Aziz Ansari Netflix vehicle. No spoilers. That's on my to-do list. Okay, well, Mike, you're a speaking of master of none, master of spacing out. You you can just space out. <laughs> well, I'll just say it, it, well, when you when you present it like that, I, now I'm not going to space it hits out. The, <laughs> it hits the same bar of quality as the first season and surpasses it. It has an amazing opening episode. That leaves off pretty much where the first the uh, finale of last season ended. Uh, amazing music, and you know, there's something. I'm sure this has happened before. In this season, there's a Thanksgiving episode. Okay. And it's it made me think of with these Netflix shows and all of these series that just come out and the full seasons there. It's kind of like a bold move to do a holiday episode. Out of season. Out of season, because I mean. They must have known people were going to binge watch it now. Yeah. Well, I remember last, when season one of Master Man came out, it came out right around Christmas time. And that was perfect, because so many people have free time around the holidays to sort of sit down and 
and binge down watch shows. entire season of TV. But now all these shows are just on Netflix are just dropping week after week after week. It is really crazy. It's impossible to keep up. You have to, yeah, you have to just pick and choose now and kind of meter yourself. Within the span of a month, four weekends, they've dropped Sense8, Master of None, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and the next week, House of Cards. Yeah. It's like, th- I watched three of those shows, but I'm... I have to now prioritize. I like to watch all these shows as one. Do I pick and choose? Do I watch some episodes here, other episodes there? Yeah, or you just go through. I bet they. I bet they. First world problem. But <laughs> Netflix is it. such a huge company. I bet they've done like calculations and they've looked at all of the ratings for each shows. They they looked at they looked at specific sure. users that watch specific shows and they probably said there's a method to them. There, yeah, there's like just a small enough amount of overlap. That this all makes sense to their to their viewership. I don't see it. It, it. it has to be like that. And also, some of these shows are getting pretty long in the tooth. That you got to think down the pipeline. They've got some more shows, like Orange is the New Black. Mm. How many more seasons of that can we get? Same as same with House of Cards. Well, back to just the the method for why why all these shows are coming out now. I, this month. April and May have been so crazy because there's the um, matter of the Emmy eligibility window, uh-huh. the deadline, which I believe is some t- at some point in June. So that's why they're cramming them all in. There you go. But I wish they had sort of spaced them out throughout the first half of this year. Yeah. Um, madness. I was sure they were going to wait for Sense8 for and August. That, and it's significant this year because Game of Thrones is premiering after the eligibility date. So this current season will not be eligible for the Emmys. Interesting. We'll open up a lane for another show to get in. Yeah, very true. Crazy times. Certainly. So you're how many episodes in, Chris? Sorry. I think I'm, I'm on the the Thanksgiving episode, which I think is the seventh, sixth or seventh episode. Another show I've never checked out. It's really good. Show. It really is. I was so impressed by season one. I can't wait to get back in season two. Yeah, it's just as good, if not better. Speaking of just as good, if not better, let me give you guys the lowdown on Designated Survivor season one finale. Okay, I know that. I feel like what? I I realized it was only one season, but I feel like when you first said season one finale, I feel like that show's been going on so long. It's into the second season, but I guess not. We had a nice long break. Did you get to the sure. bottom about about how much time has lapsed um, between since the incident bombing of the Capitol and this this finale? Actually, I think that they did mention, or did they not mention? Be- because at the end of this episode, he gives a speech to Joint co- Congress. Okay, where did they do that? I was Don't wondering, tell me they rebuilt it. <laughs> I was wondering that the whole time because it's in some large room, and wait, I was they, thinking they had Congress, like they they everyone's reappointed. He he's yes, yeah, so that happened during the this season, like they there was special uh, elections, and I think the senators were appointed, maybe some by the governors. They, they had the whole yeah them. thing. Um, but let me tell you what went down. So, you, you know, Maggie Q was on a boat. I told you guys that. Mm-hmm. She was kidnapped. Yep. Um, and I do think at, by the end of this episode, it looks like we may be entering 
like a normal zone. Like we've we've moved on. Like it's it's no longer all about the 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 events. Yeah. Okay. Um. But so what happens in this episode? Lots of we know who the mole in the White House is, and we've known it who? for a while. It's some some guy. I, I actually don't don't know what his job is. He works in in the West Wing. Okay. He like works. He's he has some job. I I, I don't know, but he helped them orchestrate everything. So it's just been a you. It's been a a, a, a coup. It's it, it's okay. been like a U.S. based like coup of of of, of the government. They picked Kiefer because they knew he was or they thought he was weak. Uh, compared to to, to everyone they else, they decided that he could be the designated survivor. They, yep, this guy or, orchestrated it with with oh, them. Man. They made sure it was Kiefer that was the the DS. They thought he would be the weakest person of of the entire cabinet for the job. Yes, that's the, face. the only reason why they chose yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, there are some some floozies <laughs> in um, <laughs> president's cabinet. But anyway, um, so. Maggie Q wakes up uh, in a van under the FBI building with a bomb in it. And then there's a whole thing like they think she's trying to bl- blow it up. She drives the van into, I think it's like the reflecting pool. <laughs> and oh, wow. it blows up that. And there's a big <laughs> explosion. That goes on. But then anyway, uh, the former FBI director who died right before he died. I mentioned to you guys he did some typing on his laptop. Turns out she, he had sent her an email with all this info and a recording of, of the guys talking. Uh, she hasn't had a chance to check her email, and, and, and they made a big thing. Her tech guy was like, I, I wasn't snooping, but I saw you have a lot of emails, and you might want to check check that out. And she goes on, figures out it's him. Uh, what happened before this, though, the other main bad guy that was the guy that shot Kiefer, everyone thought he was dead, he was actually alive. Maggie Q was in pursuit of him in this episode. He's he's been killed. Uh, he on fell Maggie onto Q. some some piping, uh, and we did have his final words, which were something like "No one can stop this" or or something to Maggie Q. Then, um, it really anyway. Okay, so Maggie goes back, informs Kiefer, she gets the info about the mole. They get the mole. The final thing is, Kiefer says, it may have been a year, Mike, because he said, like, something, blah, 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 I want to address everyone in Congress. I think it, it may be a year. He addresses ev- everyone in this special room, um, and while he's talking, um, this tense music starts playing, and he's talking in front of everyone, he's like, you know, we're all new, but blah, blah, blah. He's, he's given like this, like impassioned, mm-hmm. ins- inspirational speech, but it's, it's tense music. Uh, and then the final moment is, uh, the lights go out and we hear an explosion. No, I'm just kidding. That, that, that was a lie, but that's what I thought was, 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 was going to happen. <coughs> I was thinking with that tense music, it would be bo- bombing too. Yeah, too. You know, wouldn't that that have been a good, a good episode? Did he name a new vice president? So I thought, I I thought it was going to happen. And Chris, I'd be interested in hearing what that uh, 
man or a woman that you follow on 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 Instagram has 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 to say about this. I thought it was going to be the former chief of staff because he's left him uh, has been working mm-hmm. for that other woman who's become like the education se- secretary or, or some shit. And then towards the end of this episode, Kiefer says to him, I want you back. And then he says, there's no space for me. There's no space for me. And then Kiefer says, I'll find a space. And I thought I was going to say, how about vice president? But he didn't. He did, They just sort of left it open. So maybe, but no, no. Hmm. Um, but for all we know, there's been a vice president that we haven't seen for s- several ep- episodes working on uh, on things. But no, it seems like maybe we're entering into a uh, normal, normalized zone where... Well, we, we should just say that it's been renewed for a second season, how, however reluctantly. <laughs> um, it, it'll be getting its fourth or fifth showrunner to date, which is never a good sign, uh, creatively, that the show is on any sort of stable footing. That, that's pretty tumultuous. But, uh... But maybe this new person coming in has has, has a vision that that they're looking to execute for next season. Latest, sure, they do. Latest post by Tom Kirkman, USA. Season finale. Dot dot dot. Who's gonna die? Hopefully, this dude. Hashtag. Oh. Thank you, Aaron. Hashtag. He loves Aaron. That, that guy. Yeah. Catalan the Savage. That's that, that's the mole. Yeah. Oh, that makes Where sense. Where is he? The mole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're passing around a picture of of, of the mole. Oh, now. Seven comments. All all him. Uh no. Miss Bemi says, "Mr. President, I think Lozano should go first. Mr. President. Little did she know when she said that Lozano's gone. <laughs> Lozano's gone now. But uh, anyway." It, it it was good. It'll be interesting to uh, see how many uh, long breaks they can fit into season two because there was sure a hell of a lot of them in this season. Uh, not as many as Matt Matt's secretary, though. Uh, so let's talk about The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Episode entitled, It's a Matt, 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 Matt world. As you all know, I'm fully caught up. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, l- let's get some initial thoughts, guys. Most likely our final Matt-centric episode ever. Yeah, I would I would say so, and it was uh, appropriately nuts in, in just the way that that every Matt episode uh, really is and has been. Um, every episode is really a crisis of faith. Tasmanian sex boat. <laughs> what what more do you have to say? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Tasmanian sex boat where you find God. Where you boat. just have some baseball hat wearing asshole claiming to be God, throwing people off off the deck into the ocean to their deaths. Of course, it's the same actor that Kevin meets in his vision. Yeah. Um, On the bridge. David, David Burton. Yeah. Um, and we, that's the first time we heard that name. It was throughout all of last season. We, we would hear David Burton, David Burton. Really? Yeah. Do, do you remember the story? Like the, his origin story about oh reawakening after, after death yeah. was first um, spoken about in last season. 
Interesting. That flew so, off yeah, my head. It's sort of. Or, I recognize the actor, but not that extreme periphery. Along with everything else that was going on in Australia, um, and yeah, of course we see him in, in Kevin's purgatory visions yeah. or whatever, or, or, whatever happens to him. Um, but speaking of periphery, how crazy was that opening sequence? Watching the nuke. So, so far, we, this season we've had a domestic drone strike and now a nuclear missile launch. France launches a nuke. I loved it. That, that was an amazing scene. It was a pretty crazy uh, sequence of events to get that nuke launched. Why'd the guy have to be completely nude? I'm just curious. What What was the... There must have been reason? a reason. At first, I thought it was like was was that like a biblical thing? Maybe? At first, I thought he was like prepping for like I need to steal this man's uniform, so I'm gonna pre get nude so I can quickly get into this man's uniform. But no, but no. And also, when he went into the room, I was like, when I realized he was trying to launch a nuke, I was like, I, I thought that all these nuclear submarines had they need two people to launch it. And I was right. <laughs> also, holy holy foot cramp. That's all I was thinking. It's the way he had to like twist his foot just made me feel really uncomfortable. He did it's like the, the running like... man move. Like... <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty nuts. Yeah, I've. I think after this episode, because I did enjoy this episode, I've just come to this understanding in in my mind that it's just like a, it's like a sitcom. That just gets wrapped up after every episode. Like, it's just... Mm, wrapped up. Bunch of stuff happens. Probably no consequence to anything else that's happening. And then it's done. Like, okay, well, we were on a Tas- Tasmanian boat. Right. Do you think we're ever going to hear about that again? Well, that was them getting to Australia. So now they're in Australia. Yeah. It was their journey. How about, do, do you think we're ever going to hear about the guy that was God on this on this boat again? Or anything? Is, so. was, was there yeah. anything he's, in this episode that dead. we'll hear hear about again? Well, yeah, they. they it well, was... it doesn't. Yeah, the the plot for plot beats of of a given episode. We might only get it yeah. for that one episode, but the actual like story emotional and story ramifications of, of those things what will, was will the... carry through. Like what? what? I think what happened to Matt? He he went on a pretty significant spiritual journey. I would say. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I well, don't see that point. The truth. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, you, you just said they got to they got to where they were going, and you just said he he'll take it with him emotionally. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. C- come on, so 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 nothing happened. What do you mean nothing happened? Like, the, nothing happened. <laughs> like oh, we got also, we were on a boat the ride. Matt episodes also typically tend to be more confined than than any others because he is a tertiary character. He isn't among I mean I would Kevin and Nora that those are the the two hmm. main focal points. So so Matt the, those episodes are always going to be a little bit wonkier and a little bit more confined to just 
the edges of that episode. You guys don't have to be defensive about this, but I think it's definitely true. Well, it let me say, enjoy it's it. Like a, a lot it's more. like a sitcom, and everything um, gets wrapped up, and yeah, you never hear about. That's it. That's exactly what happened. That, We're never going to hear about I, anything I, that I happened in this episode that. again. Uh, well, no, if you want to, and it, it let me enjoy it more. Yeah, like, that's the way. All you we got it? out of it was they traveled, and he was emotionally, you know, connected to it. Well, we that's, view it. That's all we got. We view it differently. That really is the show. It's not about like what what is going on in the world. It's about how these people are react to it and what they take. away from it and how that carries through so why do you take exception to to what i'm saying sounds like we're on the same page i think things i think things did happen um but that's fine if you feel it didn't and it what did happen well let's see uh john found out the truth about four four main characters voyage from texas to uh what what's the, the, the city in australia melbourne melbourne australia that that did pretty, that, that did, did pretty happen. pretty yeah. significant. But even beyond then, beyond that, I they, mean, they tied together the the David Burton who was throughout all of last season. Um, I'm, I'm glad that that was mm-hmm. saw an end. Yeah, what, fitting end. What was that? I'm, I was con- confused. Uh, last season, um, our first sign of of David Burton was in the premiere episode in which um, the Pillar Man sends down a letter. Um, in, in one of his buckets, uh-huh. his, his, yeah, rope buckets to to Michael with a with a letter that says to David Burton in Australia, and then late in a couple episodes later, we hear about his story about how co- coming back to life, and then um, episodes later in the International Assassin episode and your favorite episode of the season, uh, I we, put- we see him meet with Kevin and he whispers that that thing on the, on the bridge that we still don't even know what he said. That that was him. That was the same man, and he was in the finale as well when when Kevin had to sing karaoke to get to get back to his loved ones. Don't you find it infuriating though that we've spent so much time on like something like this that is is probably nothing. Uh, well, I don't probably I don't think it's nothing. I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It doesn't it do, it doesn't have to have an ex, an extreme story impact for for me to to have any effect on on what I took away from the episode. That's all I'm saying. Nothing that happened in this episode had a story impact. No, I disagree. Because it, it, it had a lot of story impact. It, the Tasmanian sex boat, yeah, that's not the focal point of the season. We'll probably never see that again. But the impact it had on the characters was significant. But symbolically, I loved... Like, Matt literally had to go through the lion's den to have this awakening god. Like, he was... I know. He was so tested... And I loved the scene where he was talking with David Burton, because even though David Burton may not actually be God, he was talking with God at that moment. Exactly. Like yeah, the, he wasn't. He was using him as like a proxy. Yeah. God. Yeah. His conversation, like the things he was getting out, and kind of working through his own inner problems during that scene was just so well done and so interesting to listen to about how how much he's sacrificed. But is that sacrifice really self-serving and not real sacrifice if you're doing it sort of been the rap on on matt this whole time how much of it is self-serving and how much of it is his altruism and his devotion to god yeah i really enjoyed it i don't know why i can't i i think i've i figured it out yeah no one's saying you can't you're you're oversimplifying maybe mike is way too much maybe mike is saying you can't enjoy it but hey if this is the way you view it you that's great and if it makes you like it uh, agree i don't know i don't agree but god bless you jeff kevin bless you 
if it makes you enjoy it more, that's great. Uh, all right. I, I guess I'm like... Well, we can have different opinions. It's fine. Yeah. I do, it, it sounds like you, you say you don't agree, but then everything you say is right in line with what I'm saying. Everything you just said, I, 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 well, I agree with. I said... I agree. Nothing really happened I didn't beyond. say... Well, I've said multiple times, I think things did happen in this episode. I agree with the two things that you guys have said happened. They physically went from one place to mm-hmm. another. Which is significant. And they were impacted emotionally. Which uh, is really what this whole show is about. And that's all I'm saying. Well, Nothing those are, happens. Those are the two most important takeaways. I think we're just, we just view things differently, you know? I agree. I, I would like to hear what you think is different from what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Well, it seems like you have a different feeling about what is important to a story. And I think other things did happen in the episode. I could list them off. How, how do you think this is going to Im- impact Matt? Like, how, how is it going to change things? I think it's, it's... It may affect his self-fulfilling prophecy of, of uh, Kevin and how he views Kevin, I think. Do you think it, it will? You think he's, he's going to view, view him, him differently? And it, and it may impact his relationship with his wife and son and how he, he drove them away because of his, his singular devotion to God above, above all else. But maybe. I don't know. And like when the time comes to make another huge sacrifice, is he gonna think back at this moment and sort of maybe have a change of faith? Or And, and what happened? Sorry, what like what I'm I'm just like what was his what has changed in, 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 he had, in he had that that reckoning with God about Sacrifice. His 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 whole life and his 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 singular devotion to him. And but at the end of the episode, he sees he sees this man, as God get get literally eaten by by a lion right in front of him, and so so maybe that will sort of realign his his sense of priorities in in life. I don't I don't know. And the and Definitely the great has an impact. How exactly it does, I think, may may remain to be. And seen. the great line, that's the man I was telling you about. That's the man I was. <laughs> <laughs> as he's being devoured by the lion. That's David. That's the man I was telling you. Frazier the lion. Oof. Yeah, I could. I, you know, I, I, uh, in my review of this episode at ScreenClub.com, one of my quick thoughts was: Have had any of you guys heard that story of Frazier the lion before? I have no idea what you're talking about. But it, it is a true story. Fra- the story, the story of Frazier the lion. No, that they tell in this episode. Well, it ends no. with a song about Frazier oh. the lion. The episode. Yeah. So I assumed it was based on... I think it's... I, when I wrote the review, I hadn't looked it up yet, but I, I think it is real. Story of how, it's like... It's a cool story. It is an interesting story. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, but I I, I hadn't heard heard that, that before, but I know what you're... Yeah, you're yeah, that's true, yeah. But the, I guess it's the, real. The, the woman says it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she explains why. No, and I read that this was, like, an extremely expensive episode. episode? Do you think it was just because of the, the lion? All those those extras. Maybe. I mean, just the, the a lot boat, of extras. The plane. And I read. Yeah, plane. I read they were going to classic leftovers. Throw throw in a good song. They had a Barry White song that they were going to end the episode with, mm-hmm. but it was they were already too much over budget, so mm. they didn't. And specifically, yeah, I, mean, I read it was going to cost forty k. They go all out wow. on their, their song choices. Yeah, usually HBO it must must add up. Usually HBO is a blank check for that. It was gonna be forty k, and they they said we we can't do it. We 
can't do it. You would think 40k, some like rich actor on the show would just all the actors would come together, each <laughs> give like a grand. They probably just uh, they had the budget for the episode and that was it. Yeah, wow, you know? interesting. But uh, I am a little bit, you know, disappointed that I enjoy the episode in my own way and I'm getting a little bit attacked. But I did really, really enjoy the well, I think the episode. I, I'm disagreeing with you for oversimplifying your your in your analysis of, of the episode. All I'm saying is that I just like in my mind that I don't have to worry about. We just spent a whole episode with these tiger people, lion people on a boat. I can just let it float I, away. That's great. I, I will agree with you in, in that point. What what is so rewarding about this episode is the self-containment of of each episode it, it is one singular story after another and where i will disagree is that i think that these these stories have consequences that that bear out throughout through future episodes um it is fun to just sort of sit back and watch like a new story week to week well, like you would a sitcom oh okay yeah <laughs> i'll uh yeah you can have the final word chris Anything? Uh... You guys, you guys don't watch the uh, previews for next week, right? I don't, I don't watch no. them, but I did read the description, and it looks like we might be getting a Laurie episode. Hmm. Is Laurie the, the woman with with dark hair? Yes, Kevin, Kevin's ex ex wife. Laurie's one of my favorites. So Interesting. That. She yeah. was just on Veep, right? She was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, we'll. We'll we'll follow along and we'll each appreciate the show in our own way. So uh, until then, I want to mention to to you guys we've got some goodies coming up for you uh, in the way of Game of Thrones prep. We're gonna be doing some cool things. We're going to really uh, we're really going for it uh, with Game of Thrones uh, talk and discussion leading up to the new season. We're very excited by it. So stay tuned for that. Until then, can, got, wait, wait. Can we all, Can we confirm without even so much as, as asking in advance? Can we confirm the appearance of, of Tony Rubolo uh, on one of these podcasts? Uh, well, number one, as we all know well and good, the contracts that we sign with Arubolo are, are never. We never know for sure that they will come through. Through Tony always stipulates that he can. He can. Demand more at the last moment. Mm. Anything could happen. But I will say, Mike, I believe as far as a person can be sure that we will be having a visit from the the, the Tony Rubolo. I can't wait. Uh, And that will be on one of our pre-Game of Thrones uh, podcasts. By visit, do you mean he'll he'll walk into the room and immediately leave without without appearing on the mic? He's he's agreed to send us a five to ten second <laughs> soundbite of him giving his thoughts uh, on a season two episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, no, he he will be here and he will join our our roundtable discussion uh, if all goes goes well in our ne- negotiations with his representation. Um, until then, where can we find you two online? Find us both. I'll just speak for you, Chris, at screeningclub.com. Mm-hmm. Follow me personally on uh, the Twitter, at linguistics underscore. Twitter.com slash that Morris. Chris, uh, Chris and Mike, I was listening to, uh, you know, I have 
my MLB TV season pass. So I always, you know, I'll, I'll have a random game on um, that I'm not too f- familiar with the announcers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to one game and the announcers were really uh, pretty, like, I, I don't know how this could go how either way. It could this. be very positive or very negative. They were not pleased with people that have an underscore in their Twitter handle. Oh. And the guy was explaining that he used to have one and then was getting a lot of hate for it and mm-hmm. said, I need to, I need to take a step up in the world and get, and get rid of it. Well, I've, I've been conflicted about this for, for decades, <laughs> decades. or however long I've had that handle. Um, because the owner of the Twitter account, Languistics, just languistics. No, understand. how does anyone have that? They they have it, but they haven't been active in like eight years. Same thing with Chris Moore. So I I don't know what to do. So I just threw on an underscore at the end, and I and I'll say this: it's better than some random ass number. I think that's true. I agree with character. that. So I, I, you know, lesser of two. Evils. And you know, I'll tell you off air. I know some tricks how to get <laughs> how to get accounts, and they haven't worked for Chris Moore's account. And but that is how Chris got at lang- but, um, linguistics. <laughs> but they might work with with uh, your man. So That's I'll tell you off. Chris led, led in it. I think what the baseball guy did was he added like a little phrase on on the end, like it, it was like his name, like for for real or something, or like on, on, on TV. Oh yeah, because these these people are on TV. What I feel bad, you know, all these layoffs. I feel bad for our, our colleagues at ESPN. Um, you know, all these ESPN people have like you know, John Smith ESPN is is their Twitter, and now they're getting screwed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I wanted to mention that because I immediately thought of only you, Mike, because you're like my yeah. closest friend that has an underscore. Um, believe me, I wish I didn't have to. You can find me as always at therealjeffmore.com. At Twitter, you can find me at Jeffum. No, no underscore necessary. Uh, I I got in early. Um, of course, you can find all of us at ScreeningClub.com for more articles, insight, and to share your thoughts. You can get in touch with us for comments or anything else on your mind. ScreeningClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, even those of us with underscores in our Twitter handles. Uh, and we would love to uh, to talk with you and to engage on all social media. So until next week, guys, enjoy your uh, your week of entertainment consumption, and we'll see you soon.